1: Emily Flowers uh, with the Divorce Lending Association, and I'm a Certified Divorce Lending Professional or CDLP. And this is part of our Divorce Literacy Series. And today, I'm here with Melissa Gregg, whom I've gotten to know over the last couple months. And she... You're in for a treat. She... Um, is so smart. I, I can't even fathom all the stuff that she knows. But I'm gonna let her introduce herself because I really cannot put into words what she actually does and all of the letters behind her name. So Melissa, would you please share with us who you are and what you do?
0: Well thank you, Emily. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about divorce because I do love it. Um I I'm kind of in the middle, if you will, of divorce from a financial aspect. And so a lot of my work has to either do with mediation or going to trial and testifying in court on numbers. So they could be business valuations, they could be uh, pension valuations, they could be analysis of income. But basically, when a couple gets divorced, they have stuff, they have cars or a house, maybe some retirement and not always does everybody know how to split it up. Or if we, you know, you can't separate a house down the middle. So yep. they're usually coming and saying, OK, well, if one of us gets the house, what's fair for the other one to get? And so you, you typically involve somebody that's a financial professional um, who has credentials or has yep. some knowledge. I just have specific knowledge in business valuations and looking at complex financial situations.
1: I, I know that you do deal with some very complex situations and and you're very involved in the process but, and you're very involved in both litigation and mediation, um, which can be unique um, in a lot of cases because you're not an attorney. Right. And so that can kind of Dump people, but you and I were were talking about um, divorce, and we were kind of kind of going over like just a situation, right? So you have you know a husband and a wife, and they have um, a, a primary residence. They got a couple cars. They got a couple kids. They you know the the husband works, the wife doesn't, um, and now they've decided to split, and they are just kind of don't even know where to begin. How well, how how would you kind of, where would you start? What would yeah. you do?
0: I think the, the first starting is that people in general feel like when they get divorced, we're going to split everything in half. So I'll get half of the bank account. I'll get half. I'll take this car. You take that car um i'll split the retirement right we we can figure out cuz the bank account has you know a $1000 in it so we each get take 500 right yeah the problem is you get to the house and the house is connected a lot of times to the children they're connected to a school district they're connected to a neighborhood and they're connected to friends and pretty much the entire family system is connected and rooted in that one house. So when we're coming into mediation, for example, you're talking about like what do you want? What do you desire out of this, you know, this marriage separating? And people will be like, well, I want that house because I have to, because the kids have to stay rooted, you know, or I, it's close to my work. So why don't I keep the house and you go somewhere else? So this conversation starts, and at the beginning, it's like theoretical. It's like, well, what do I want, right? As a mediator, we want to get you back to like, what? how do you want to feel, right? Oh, I want to feel secure. I want to feel safe. I want to be in a neighborhood that maybe is in the same school district, but maybe it has to be smaller. Maybe it's too much to take care of. You have to face some uncomfortable truths around the house. but you then are like, okay, so-and-so will take it and I won't. And you have an additional layer of the fact that we have houses that have really hyper low interest rates, right? And they're like, no, I want that house with that mortgage, even though you have multiple people on it. So now you're getting into a space where it's like, quite frankly, I'm the financial person and you're getting into a space that is related to a real estate, or a divorce lending professional, or a mortgage professional that's going to tell you the right information. And so we get people in this mediation of like, who's going to take what? But the real way to figure it out is to figure out how financially that can actually work. Like, if can you keep the house? Can you can one person or not. So that financial reality is typically what people are coming into for their whole portfolio. So for it's not just the house. A house becomes one of the pieces, right? And the house becomes can we put it on your side? Well, if it if it's worth $600,000 and we put it on your side, what do we put on my side? Cuz now we're not splitting things 50/50, right? They can be like you get 600,000 of a house and I'll get 600,000 of a pre-tax IRA or a retirement plan. And then I come in and say, no ma'am, that is not equal. Right. So those are some of the things that we're coming in and just helping a couple either together or by themselves, just understand financially how it can be separate. We don't have to make it even or equal, but it's usually has to be equitable. It has to be it has to be reasonable, you know, so you're not going to get 600000 over here and a $100,000, you know, I don't know, boat, right? Those aren't going to be an even exchange.
1: So for, for those out there that maybe don't know the difference between mediation and litigation, how does that change in litigation? Well, in litigation, typically when you are getting divorced,
0: you're going to say, okay, I don't know how to do this process. So I need to contact a lawyer or a financial professional. Like you start talking to your banker, or your accountant, and like, what should I do? They don't really know. So then they lead you to a lawyer. Sometimes the lawyer knows the legal specifications of how to get divorced, right? But they may not know the financial things. So in a litigation, each of you is going to hire an attorney and fight about it. So you might fight about the actual value of the house. You might fight about who gets the house. Um, But in litigation, if you can't, you don't have to have rational conversations with people. Like you don't, you can just let the court determine who they think, you know, based on who has the income or who Um, you know, lives closest or the best interest of the children, quite frankly, more often than not, we're seeing currently one, maybe a house that is um, maybe a little bit bigger than the couple could afford even at the time um, that or in size is costly to keep up. So having one person take over the house, it's just too costly. So more often than not, you're seeing judges. So what happens is you hire attorneys, and then the ju- You get these like conferences or meetings with the judge, and the judge says, "Okay, have you figured out the house?" And everybody's like, "Yeah, they both want the house." Okay, well, what's your solution? Well, we don't have a solution yet, and so they go back and forth with this like stalemate of we both just want the house. You know, maybe there's not a lot of other things that you own, and the house is the greatest. So it's really. It's, it's really you're in a situation where you could leave it up to the judge and the judge might say, sell it. Um, neither one of you can afford to live there. And I don't understand why you all haven't realized it. Now, you have to understand that a lot of times your attorneys are also in that conference saying, yeah, we agree. Our clients can't afford it, you know, but we don't know what to say to them because they are attached to this house. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think that you're losing some control over, you know, there are there are different ways of dealing with a house and divorce that have to do with um, like nesting or you're basically the parents are moving from the house each week. Right. And the kids stay in one place. So if the kids stay there, one per, one parent comes in for a week and then they go and live at the apartment for the week, the next week right to not I've heard that. Be, yeah, so it's it's really when you get professionals that are in the mortgage industry or do even divorce lending which is very different than traditional then you have maybe some opportunities of ways you know I have a lot of people that just want to keep the house until the kids graduate. So we might have 3 years left on that. So what does that look like if primary spouse caretaker stays in the house for three years, working spouse gets an apartment, right? Or another rentable house or another house, however it works. And, and, and how does that, is that feasible? Is it possible? That's running scenarios of income and expenses and maintenance and alimony and understanding the financial picture. So it's not really an easy calculation. And then you have to say, okay, well, then you keep the house. Now, what does it look like? And you're just, you're trying to figure out if it's even, but financially feasible from a banking perspective, I think is an important issue. And that's where we have got connected in the fact that, you know, like, is this a bankable thing? Like when we talk about business valuations, we're like, is this a bankable transaction? You know, like can we actually go and get the money from the bank to buy this business? Or else it's just talking,
1: you know, like. Well, and I feel the same way about them determining who can afford the house. I'm like, how do you know? If you haven't talked to somebody about what that actually entails, then how do you know if you can afford it or not? or, Or if you want to afford it or not? And then also, you know, I think the difference between, you and me sometimes when we're looking at finances is um, think about like self-employed borrowers or people that own rentals, you're going to calculate that completely different than I am. And And then I determine based on my calculation, not yours, if you can refinance the home or purchase a new one, you might not be able to. You know, because of that. And so it's, it's really interesting when our worlds collide and we work together because it, it's so much more, it's so much more of a a comprehensive view of what, what is actually available to the client. You tap
0: on something that maybe they're not aware of. Like, I'm going to run financial calculations. I'm going to run your income and your expenses for a standard document that you have to file in your divorce. Okay. But what happens in this divorce and how we look at finances are under the divorce lens. So I'm not a evaluator in the real world. I'm a, there are rules around valuation in divorce. So I'm a valuator within the divorce. The same with with this mortgage and this refinance of a mortgage, or even considering your income and expenses is that we have a belief of what we're going to expect when we go and get the mortgage based on history, based on past or whatever, or we have never done this process because our spouse has done it, right? So we're just like, well, I think I'll be able to do it. Whereas it's the same with litigation or legal, you don't know what to expect. But if you know that you have to get a good, clear picture, what you can do in the divorce world may not play out in the real world. And so you have to look at it like, okay, we're coming up with this amazing nesting. Nesting is very difficult. It's very difficult because are you guys going to share the apartment that you're going and rotating with your ex? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. So you have to <laughs> you're putting your kids ahead of you. But is that going to make you happy? Is that going to be the totality? Are there other you may have to encourage people to sell the house and get to smaller ones, right? And so can we do that on one income? How does the maintenance and alimony play into it? And you have a lot of creative ideas, but the the way I'm doing the analysis is different over here than mm-hmm. for the mortgage I can't say that you can get cleared on a loan. You can. I can't say that you're even going to get anything from this process. I can just say, okay, well, we're going to put that house on your side.
1: That's it. Okay, Melissa, you work with, I mean, such complex cases. And you work with so many people and different... Attorneys, and you're—I mean, you're your own mediator, but you work with other mediators as well. You work with so many people. Um, Just give us one lasting, like one little thing, about before we leave today, about where to begin, or what to do, or the most important thing that they need to know or remember for today.
0: That's, that's a good, good place to end. So I think that in general, in the divorce process, I think you have to be your own best advocate. I think that you have to be your own cheerleader and, and you have to, one of the key pieces that we rely on is intuition and trusting your instincts. And so if something just doesn't feel right, if something that, one of your professionals says to you, doesn't fit right. If somebody treats you in a way that's not respectable because this does get highly emotional and things like that. If you don't feel like your team of professionals is supporting you, there is always time to get other assistance. There's always time to say, you know what? I you know Ask more questions of them. Don't just sit back and allow whatever is happening that there's some expert that's going to make the best thing for you. They want to get it done. They want you to be divorced in any capacity that that takes. And so in some way, if you want it to be a different situation, you have to take control of that process. If you think that they're not giving you enough information about the house, about the retirement assets, if you think that there has been fraud in the business, if you think that somebody's hiding money or stealing money, any of those things, and you also have seen something that would allude to it, you just need to keep collecting that data and still advocate for yourself with your current professionals or seek outside ones or change them. I mean, quite frankly, If you don't, you don't want to get to court with people that are not supporting you or helping you or saying, hey, you feel like something's happening, let's at least address it. Let's look at it. And then if it's not there, we'll come back. Um, But I think that's probably, there is no right or wrong way to go about this divorce um, process. But you, you definitely need all of the information. So I wouldn't let anybody tell you you can or cannot stay in that house without getting pro- and, and that that house is a big thing for a lot of people, a lot of women, a lot of women that take care of children. And it, it is a central point in a divorce and it is a manipulatable point. It is that that spouses can use the house against you if you know that that person wants that house so bad and it's the only thing they'll use it against you. So you really just have to, you know, figure out, do you have the right team? Do you have the right support staff? People like Emily and I come in and just assist you. We're just like icing on the cake. We're just kind of helping you traverse through. And sometimes it's pieces of information that nobody else knew because they're focused in the legal realm and we're focused in the money realm, right? And though there are specificities that are different, that even Emily and I have talked about that are different, how she would, we're doing the same analysis of expenses, yet she's tweaking it like this and I'm tweaking it like that. Don't be, your attorney might not understand that there's a nuance to that. You know, your attorney knows the law. If you don't think you're getting proper guidance in the other spaces, you have to do your research. You can't come back and say at the end, like, oh, I got I got screwed and I I should have switched attorneys. I should have found a different professional. If you are really concerned about that and you've had that thought several times, seek outside resources. Emily, you know, to speak with me for an hour is complimentary. To speak with Emily is complimentary. Right. So take that advice, get some advice from those people and then figure out, does it fall in line to the other pieces of the puzzle that you have. And if it doesn't, then maybe that's your second opinion. Maybe you need to continue to research, but you control this process and you control your outcome by being your own advocate
1: and making sure you have the right people on your side. That is a great piece of advice. I hear all the time, my attorney didn't do this, this and this. And I'm like, your attorney knows the law. That yeah. is all that they are meant to do. There are professionals for everything else. There's tax professionals, finance professionals, mortgage professionals. I, I could go on and on and on about the different types of people that you can use. And well, yes, you and need to a add research. On to that, yeah. If you, if,
0: we are very supportive team members, mm-hmm. right? You know, and I think that if you start to look around. There are really supportive groups that are doing these divorces in different areas. And the more that the professionals are willing to include other professionals, right? The mm-hmm. more I'm willing to stay in my lane and Emily, and I bring Emily in to stay in her lane because I don't know that. I mm-hmm. am a 20 year financial professional expert in divorce and I do not know what Emily knows enough to give that advice to somebody and you have to be able to have that wherewithal to say you know what that's not my lane and i'm going to bring emily in and i'm going to allow her to do her best work but if you have people around you that are like oh no 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 you don't need that oh no and it's and it's for your best interest right and it's and it it's a free phone call with me at the beginning right yep. then you're, you're getting led astray. So you can't just listen blindly, you know, get with people that are willing to bring in other professionals because then you're working together for your best interest, not the best interest of the professional.
1: Melissa, you're amazing. And I tell you that all the time and I always enjoy our conversations and I I'm, I'm feel very lucky to have you as a, a resource um, but also a friend. It's it's been it's been really great getting to know you. Um so I want you to tell them about your podcast, but I also want you to tell them how to find you if they need you.
0: Oh, sure. Um, so a lot of our work is on valuation mediation.com. Um, a lot of what we're trying to do is do divorce a little bit differently and try to work with people to get really clear on the financials, be transparent about what the situation is to each other and to, you know, the whole group and just say, okay, what can we really do here? Um, And we have a podcast or a couple of podcasts that we also do valuation podcast. Um, But really we're just trying to do things a little bit different. And Emily is also doing things different. And I think that people want that. So you can reach us. um, You could, text me or call me. I do give out my cell phone. It's probably, you know, it's I everywhere. Know <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, most of my contact information is easily found 314-541-8163. But like, just do your research and advocate for yourself and you'll find the right people, even in your area. There, there are people like us, that are in your area. It's just that you have to seek them out. And if they're not in your area, you can reach out to us. We can give you advice. We can connect you with people in those areas. Mm -hmm. Um, And I work around the country. So, and I think, I think Emily works in quite a few States around the country.
1: I certainly can. Yes, for sure. (laughs) So uh, definitely. But I I truly appreciate your time and having you on and your insight and um, i I. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a great one. All right. Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more
0: strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at DivorceLendingAssociation.com.